When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. All right, all right, I am back. And as I mentioned in yesterday's podcast, I'm just knocking out a bunch of segments here, a bunch of thoughts going position by position going to wrap up, I plan on wrapping up, see how long I yap about this, but I um, plan on basically giving you a quick thought on every position, every prominent player in this podcast that overlap from last one. I imagine the third podcast of the week will be something along the lines of, hmm, I forgot to tell you about this guy. Hmm, I wanted to bring this up. So these are just off the top of my head stuff. And we're going to start with the wide receivers. No Deontay, no Claypool, no Austin, no Miller. I mean, like, Pickens aside, I think that's their top four receivers. Four of their top five. Although I'd still consider trading Claypool. It's a total side note. We can talk about that down the road. I've been telling you, everyone's been telling you, Pickens is a total superstar. Now some of you guys got to finally see it. The catch he made was ridiculous, but it wasn't the only one. He blocks. Go watch his blocking. He's tenacious. He, he turns five-yard runs into seven-yard runs. He loves it. He plays with a little bit of swag and attitude. Swag, is that the right word? I'm uh, trying to be cool here. Didn't, that doesn't fly with me. Um, but he's a tremendous young football player that's only going to get better. And again, I said this on the post-game show. You guys have listened to me. I am not a shock jock looking for likes. I think he's going to be a top dozen receiver in this league before long. And with all respect, Deontay, I think Deontay is going to be the 2 or 1A before you know it. Um, some other guys to talk about. Gunnar Olszewski, like when I saw him out there on the first team, I thought, man, you know, they're, they're, they're low on the depth chart. A lot of guys are hurt. He'll block, you know, throws body around. He's here for special teams. Didn't think he was a real explosive route runner watching him in camp. Game was better than practice, though, and that's a trend with a lot of these Steelers. Uh, not the practice was necessarily bad, but the offense, Kenny Pickett, you know, I mean, all these guys – we're better in the game than in practice. And Olszewski's perfect for that. I mean, he is a tenacious, nasty little dude. And you put the ball in his hands, he is going to throw his body around. He sets the tone for those around him. Tough as can be. Hope he holds up. But great special teamer. Was better on offense by leaps and bounds than I expected. Boykin still intrigues me. You know, the size-speed combination coming out of Notre Dame intrigued me. I, tr you know, I trusted the Ravens when they took him. I thought, ah, I didn't want him to be a Raven. Made plays on special teams. Big body hand catcher. 
caught the ball well away from his frame, those big long arms and huge hands, pluck the ball before the D-back can get in on him, secure it, tuck it away. Didn't quite work out for what would have been a touchdown. Nice play by the D-back. But that's what you're getting in Boykin, and I think he's an NFL player, which is a big compliment. As is Steven Sims, returner, really good little space player. It's exactly what he is. He's a slot receiver for someone. I mean, I think he's a Ray Ray McLeod type guy with the ball in his hands. I might even prefer Sims. And for those of you that don't know, he's got a track record in this league. I mean, he didn't just pop up out of nowhere. He's not an undrafted free agent out of nowhere. So they got a lot of receivers, which again brings me to entertain offers for Claypool, maybe. O-line. Uh, let's start with the tackles. I thought Chooks and Moore held up well. There were two to four snaps collectively that were ugly for these two. But for the most part, the quarterbacks made up for it, where Ben wouldn't have. I, I didn't think it was a bad showing by either. But the, the tackle I want to call out is Joe Haig. Is I really worried, as is the case with almost every team in the league, is another tackle would be great. And I always thought Haig was... You know, a, a sixth guy, but probably really a seventh guy. You know, can play a lot of positions. I thought he played extremely well last night at tackle. And right now, I think he's clearly the swing tackle. Either one, the versatility's key there. And if he can play like that, kind of like the running back position behind Najee, that alleviates a lot of my concerns. And I'm glad he's a stealer. Don't get me wrong. Um, I just thought that he's a seventh guy on game day, not a sixth. And maybe he's a sixth. You know, he's another guy that's been around the league. Um, Mason Cole was fine. Kendrick Green was fine. Starting to officially worry about James Daniels. I mean, camp, pretty much everything in Steeler uniform has not gone great for him. And Saturday night was not a lot different. I can't pinpoint what the deal is. I'm shocked. I thought as soon as August 13th, when I'm recording this, 14th, he would be the Steelers' best offensive lineman. He isn't right now. He still is very, very capable. Um, we'll see. I would still be interested in adding any kind of depth I could to this group. I've brought up the J.C. Treader thing. I know that's kind of extreme. But um, a veteran offensive lineman, period, just thrown this mix would be interesting to me. But overall, the O-line was a tough eval before this game. I liked what they did in this game. Collectively, especially in the run game, but not bad in protection. And I know Seattle had some some guys out, but Boye Mafe's out there. And they, they were not playing total scrubs from start to finish. I mean, this, this is a side note, but it's more of a defensive thing. But... In that fourth quarter, Seattle had guys higher on their death chart on the field than the Steelers did, especially when Seattle had the ball. I think that's noteworthy. Hassenhauer, you know, Green, LeGlue, those guys, Chaz Green, I meant, and Trent Scott, they're all fine. I still would be in the market for one more guy here. But collectively, I thought this unit played well. They benefit from Canada's scheme. He understands their limitations, give Canada credit, as we talked about last time, and also quarterbacks that can improv. You know, I talked about Trubisky making people better around him. Well, he made the O-line better, you know, that they weren't as big a liability. Um, the line opened holes for running backs who played better. I mean, imagine if Najee was running behind, in, behind some of those holes. And again, I liked what the backs did. So... Overall, a successful mission for the entire offense as well as the O-line. 
I don't think we're like over the hump of, oh, this O-line will be fine, and Daniels is the one that worries me. But Haig, I guess, was the, the star of the show there that I didn't quite expect. So that kind of wraps up initial thoughts for the offense. Let's go to defense here in a minute. This will probably be a longer conversation. Here we go. here talking D. So I don't look at the Steelers as a front three. It's a front five or really a front four in nickel and dime. Well, their front five all took the night off. So, so that's noteworthy. Okajobi, Elulu, Hayward, Watt, and Highsmith, none of them played. So their edge guys and Avery didn't play. Their edge guys were very ordinary. Uh, I know they have a lot of hope for Delonte Scott, and I think he's going to make this team. And Tuska is a solid four who's a good special teamer. I I would still be kicking the tires on another one of these guys and, and keep one of those two, not both, or something along those lines. Scott's sort of interesting, but I'd love to practice squad him for a year and then worry about it as opposed to having him out there for any meaningful snaps. But let's let's focus more on the big people. Um, Wormley, Loudermilk, Liao, Mondo, Davis Brothers. That's pretty much who you had out there. And Seattle's O-line, namely their first-round pick, Cross, the left tackle, who I watched intently. He was ninth pick in the draft, tenth pick in the draft. I think he's going to be a star. But much like the Steelers, they're, they're playing their off- offensive linemen. So their ones were against the Steelers, too. And I thought Loudermilk had a good game. I thought Liao had a good game. He was more of a later in the in the game player, rotational, um, more throwing downs, impact in terms of splash plays, but not down after down. The Davises did very little for me. Mondo, I thought, got pushed around more than I expected. I've heard good things about Mondo and seen some good things at camp. Um, they didn't really translate in this game to me. So, Warmly's a professional, you know, so I was kind of hoping that a Mondo or a Davis or somebody like that was just too good to cut. After one game, I don't feel that way, but we'll see. Uh, Inside linebackers, uh, I'm pretty convinced by now that Jack is their best inside linebacker since Shazier. A professional with high-end tools, reads, understands, processes, He's much different than every other inside linebacker on this team. And I thought the rest of the group had a tough night. Bush looked lost at times, more so than he should at this stage. You know, misreading things, a misstep here and there. Gets caught up out of position. Moving a little bit better, though. Uh, Spillane, and this is the case in, in practice, folks. I mean, when he's out there on a pass play, that's who you target. You know, so... I think he's kind of stiff, not a fluid athlete, not very explosive, but he's fundamentally sound and good on teams and people like him. Again, I wish he was the four, not the three. Um, But you can play more dime and put him, you know, and give him less snaps or less snaps, period, with two linebackers on the field. You could play a front five like we just talked about, Jack, and then nickel behind it. 
Uh, Mark Robinson also had a very tough day for me in my eyes. Made a big play to save the day. That's great. Um, but he's a seventh-round pick. First game ever in a NFL stadium. I'm not going to kill him for that. Overall, outside of Jack, though, inside linebackers to me were worrisome. Not great. Um, we'll wrap it up with the D-backs. Oh, no, before we do, because I know I'm going to forget. The two specialists, the kickers, kicker punter. Um, it's going to be Harvin and, of course, Boswell. There's no punting competition. I, I think they love Harvin. Um, he just kills the football. But they gave the other two guys a true opportunity. That's a professional way of saying thank you for coming to camp. We'll give you some preseason tape for the rest of the league to evaluate. And hopefully they they, they kick you know somewhere else or CFL or who, who knows. Um, but in the meantime, we'll keep in touch. If you don't have a job and one of our guys goes down, you're our first call. But here's a little gift for you. Go put some NFL tape out there for the rest of the league to see. Thanks for coming to camp. Um, secondary. I know the run defense overall was poor by the Steelers, but a lot of it to me, a lot of it, was late in the game, as I mentioned before, when Seattle was playing some of their better guys, led by Drew Locke, again, an NFL quarterback. And the Steelers had a lot of non-NFL players on the field. And there were a lot of miscommunication errors. I mean, I made a note with like 20 minutes left in the game that Seattle's offense is just much better than the Steelers' defense at this point in terms of NFL caliber player, pedigree, communication. You know, those guys were all swimming. So I'm not going to put, you know, final results or the, the fourth quarter stats I frankly don't care about because the Steelers' guys were very few people that will even be NFL players. So let's... But I want I did want to say run defense wise, I thought the secondary as a whole, and I'm gonna give Witherspoon a lot of credit here too. Millette, um, Norwood, KZ, Pierre, they really tackled well. They played the run well. They were physical. That's not Spoon's MO, man. He's a long coverage finesse corner. He is sticking his face in there in a preseason game, you know, against Kenneth Walker. I mean, good quality, sturdy backs. So he got banged up a little. I don't think it's going to be super serious, but we'll see on that. But those are the names I thought did really well in the secondary. I thought Pierre had a really strong game. I thought KZ, you know, did a lot of deep middle, but he also flies around the field. Norwood almost demands being in the mix at some point. Is he going to be the true dime? I mean, he can play some slot. He can play safety. He can play man against tight ends. He made a play or two on the ball that was impressive. So I think Norwood's a real keeper. I keep stressing the the depth of the secondary. I mean, again, big picture. Mink is a star, and then there's a bunch of good, not great players, which I'm perfectly fine with. Um, but the depth and the versatility is key. Another player that maybe I sold a little short that grows on me every time I watch him more and more is Arthur Millette. And he just kind of screams Mike Hilton, tough, undersized, a step slow, physical downhill tackler that mixes it up. I mean, you watch him in drills up at him in Latrobe. He is sticking Teague and some of these big, strong running backs. And he's going to be a blitzer more than we've seen before. Just a lot of competition for snaps in general in the secondary, but especially in the slot since he's only a slot. But I think Millette is absolutely a keeper. He looks better to me than any point in his Steeler career. 
And again, he brings a physicality and an attitude that I think is rubbing off on others, that this group as a whole, the secondary, is more physical than I expected, better tackling than I expected. I didn't think that'd be the strength of it. I thought it'd be more, you know, depth, versatility, a lot of different options, depending who you're playing. And this game proved a little bit more than that. Um, Carl Joseph got banged up. If you're at camp, you root for Carl Joseph. Nobody puts in more time. Um, I wonder if his, I don't say his career's run a course, but I wonder if he is what he is at this point and holding on by a thread. I don't know how bad the injury is, but if it's an IR situation, maybe he gets another year and comes back to camp next year. That might be best thing for him and the team. But I don't want to spend too much time on Carl Joseph. Um, the defense was good, I mean, especially when you think who's not out there. And again, I mean, you have to say this about all preseason games. The opponent didn't have everybody out there either. I mean, if DK Metcalf was out there, it'd probably look a little different. But they played Geno Smith for a whole half. That's their starting quarterback. And then they played Drew Locke for a whole half. He's started a lot of games this league, second-round pick. I mean, again, there were five starting quarterbacks in this game, which to me made it much more watchable, made it a better eval than most you know, week one preseason games. There was a level of professionalism and execution in this game that I thought made it a lot. You could take a lot away from it. Um, so that, that's basically a wrap. You know, these these short little podcasts have been fun. Knock out two segments, you know, seven to nine minutes, something like that. And uh, if there's any, oh, by the way, if there's anything you really want me to talk about, you know, do a whole segment on or a whole show on. I'm all ears. I'm at Williamson NFL on Twitter. You can leave me, you know, comments on the page, of course, too, on DK. So that's where we're at. Um, we will talk to you soon. I'm sure my next podcast will be something along the lines of, here's a dozen things I wanted to bring up in the first two podcasts that I forgot that slipped my mind or just didn't have time for. So we can look forward to that as well. So thanks. Over and out.